0: Hi, this is Shivangi, and you're listening to School from Home. Today, I speak to Ankit Arora, a social entrepreneur and the founder of Sarthi Education, a non profit based in New Delhi. He shares stories of how the foundation is empowering parents from the lower income communities to engage and educate the children being at home amidst this pandemic. You will find more information about Ankit and Sarthi's work in the episode description. Also, reminding you that this episode was remotely recorded, so kindly bear with the speech clarity. Hi Ankit, welcome to the School From Home podcast.
1: Hi Ashivangi, thanks a lot for having me.
0: So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at Sarthi.
1: So I started Sarthi and uh, we founded the company in 2017. It's a not-for-profit startup. Um, And at Sarthi, we have been working with children from underserved communities. Right now, we are present only in Delhi, Haryana and Uttarakhand. The the aim is that how can we improve the early learning outcomes of children coming from low-income households in these communities. And the way we work with them is not by working with the teachers or the school, but directly working with the mother or directly working with the primary caregiver at home.
0: Uh, What have been the challenges to work with these parents in providing the essential schooling needs during the Mm -hmm. initial days days of the lockdown period?
1: Parents mostly either have a small shop or they are vendors on the street or are either working as a type 4 employee in a government office or in a private office. That took us a good couple of two to three weeks to get the situation in control, to give them the right information that we were getting from the government authorized resource sources. Uh, you know, in our model at Sarti, we have this team of around 100 plus field workers, whom we also call relationship managers. And these people are based out of the communities itself. So they were really, really helpful in uh, dispersing this information during those initial months, initial weeks. Uh, and I would say, you know, they were the ones who actually resettled that calmness into the communities. What was problematic is that one. A lot of our families don't have a smartphone in the sense that they have a smartphone, but there is only one smartphone per family. That's the only way someone can talk to others. and the only way they get other information. So blocking that smartphone for four to five hours is not possible. And that's where I think we had stepped in. uh, And we were looking at kind of solutions which would suit the needs the best and adhere to the constraints that our families were facing in terms of smartphone availability and the bandwidth availability in the family.
0: So, you know, along with that, I feel it's also very relevant and important to highlight the fact that most of the parents now have become educators of some kind, you know, post lockdown with the schools coming home. So what ways is the organization building that necessary capacity and capability within them to, you know, provide their uh, children with their education in an enriching manner?
1: The only problem that we saw was the lack of awareness and the lack of confidence. The second is most of these women are, you know, 18 to 20 years old when they get married and then they move to a new urban setting. And by the time they're 22, 23, they already have a child. And in some years, the child is ready to go to the school. So the life changes completely dramatically and add to that, that patriarchy pressure, which creates a lot of underconfidence for the woman. Which makes her outsource the complete service of education out to the school, out to the tuition teacher and just do what she's saying. And uh, so even in our programs, when we now work with the mothers, our entire focus is to build that awareness and build that confidence that yes, you can do this. And in such cases, what you see is there is a lack of good quality uh, learning stimulating resources available so that's one thing which you have to provide externally that okay i will give you the resources and i'll give you the confidence to use these resources and you're smart enough to do the rest of the job
0: it's also wonderful to learn about the fact that you know it's the mindset that needs the treatment how are you guys uh, reaching out to them and providing those essential schooling needs
1: we realized that one, we could not send material to the parents at their home. The second was, so like also the relationship managers which I just spoke about, the community based managers, even they could not visit the mother at home. So what we started doing was we broke down our earlier activity kits and we kind of, you know, adapted this new Japanese based pedagogy called the pedagogy of incremental advancement. Uh, so in this pedagogy, the amount of instructions that you need to give to the child goes low. But the amount of practice that a child needs to do goes much, much higher, uh, which actually the parents also really wanted because the child was sitting at home. So we started this program where every day in the morning, we send our parents a small worksheet. The mothers would note down the worksheet onto the child's notebook. So the child doesn't have to do anything on the smartphone. The child solves it throughout the day. And in the evening, the mothers click a photograph of child's completed work and send it back to us. Uh, at our end, the relationship managers who are still working with us quickly check the student work and give feedback to the parents. So what started happening is as the lockdown started to lift up and uh, the father started to go out for work, we started getting requests for not sending the worksheet at 930 AM, but sending it at 730 AM. And we were surprised, you know, why should we send, you know, a worksheet every like that early in the morning. Uh, and the reason was that they wanted to go for work and they wanted to note down the worksheet in the child's notebook before they left. Otherwise, they come back late in the evening and the child has nothing to do throughout the day. So we started sending the worksheet at 7.30am in the morning. The, and then the fathers and the mothers started getting more involved. Now they know the daily score of the child. They don't have to wait for a weekly visit or a monthly or a quarterly assessment by me. So what we are seeing is that parents are getting more aware about those skill-based needs of the children and are asking for the right things from us. And this is quite heartening because until now, we had been fighting for parents to ask for the right thing. Uh, and I think now even parents have started to realize, okay, you know, ki it's okay. If one day my child is scoring less, he can definitely improve the next day. And that helps the children also get this value of, you know, if it's okay if I make a mistake, I can always uh, redo it the next day if I put in more effort. So I think these are some of the side uh, things that we thought will happen, but these are actually more important than the, learning skills that they take from mathematics or language
0: you know what fascinates me the most is the fact that living in a society where technology is a privilege to most a yeah. simple pencil and a paper is doing such wonders so yeah. uh, you know talking more about uh, children here with building the holistic childhood experiences that you know Sarthi has been uh, engaging uh, in i would also like to stress on their mental well-being So what are the challenges faced in supporting the mental health needs of these vulnerable communities?
1: You know, if a mother is going through a lot of trauma that the husband kind of beats her up, or the the in-laws are kind of troubling her, or the neighbors are not supportive. So these are look small from the outside, but when you talk to the mother, you realize that she is going through shitloads of things, and that her mental health is actually affecting the mental health of the child. So what we planned was that maybe we can get a few mental health coaches on board, open up say you know phone lines, so that if any of our mothers or any of our children are facing any kind of difficulty, they could you know pick up the phone and call them. It's the Sarthi number itself, but there's also one extra service, but it's just been under pilot. This is a major, major component which stops a lot of children from learning at the speed that they should be and a lot of mothers at performing at the speed at which they should be. Uh, because they're facing such issues. Also, you know, because in this age of fake news, the kind of videos they were getting were completely absurd. Sometimes it is the Trump who gave us this, sometimes it is like not a flu. Uh, so we had to actually disseminate a lot of true information in the beginning and tell them that not anyone, that like no one was going to die as such, as far as you were, you know, taking care of yourself, giving them a list of COVID support facilities. Also just telling them, you know, like simple things that they could do at home. We actually partnered with a few schools in Hyderabad and told them that, you know, they can take our program for free. We can train their teachers to uh, be our relationship managers and they can send the worksheets, check it in the evening and they can kind of charge, say, 50% or 25% of the fees to the students.
0: Right, I think you made a very noteworthy point here that it's also about educating these parents about what services are fraudulent or you know, like a waste of money, or you know, these things are also a part about you know, educating them. Yeah, so you know, talking more about mental health, I would also love to learn from you, you know, being a social leader, how do you ensure your mental well being in this process?
1: You started keeping these informal agenda less conversations in the team for example every other friday evening there would be like a one hour kind of an online just get together with the entire team uh, you could play pictionary or could play anything else on the and just you know talk about vent about your feelings and then uh, we have been kind of generous and asking people to take a leave every now and then even though the concept of leave is a little weird now because you're always at home but still you know asking people to kind of make sure that they're taking the weekend off. Uh, You get to hear such stories from the ground. Um, So every now and then a field worker will report a case from the community, which will kind of horrify you. But that, that, that also gives you the opportunity to express more gratitude towards the things that you have.
0: What has been your biggest joy of working in the social sector?
1: Most of the times, it's just like, you know, the joy of creating something new. So when we had started, there were hardly any uh, focus on parents. I think over the recent few years, we have seen a lot of other organizations working in the education sector appreciate the fact that parents have to be involved, appreciate the fact that how foundational learning kind of is really important. And I think even in the new education policy that you look, the community engagement and the parent engagement has gotten a very prominent role.
0: So, you know, while we wrap up, one last thing I would like to learn from you is, you know, something that you might have learned during this lockdown period.
1: So, for instance, all the training of the field workers now happens online which automates some of the system of sending the worksheet and sending the feedback. And uh, before COVID, I would have thought it would be difficult that parents would take the pain of writing down all the 40, 50 questions some days on a child's notebook and sending it back. But I think everybody has kind of risen to the occasion. Everybody has given, delivered way beyond what I expected. And I think maybe this is the time. Maybe what we are showing is what we call the human resilience. Even post-COVID when everything is settled, I think we'll be more ambitious in the plans that we pick up. Keeping in mind that, you know, people are strong and they can pick up. Things which we just sometimes think, okay, it will be difficult to do or they might or might not do it.
0: Absolutely. I think that's a wonderful thought to end our discussion here today, Ankit. Thank you so much for coming to this show. It was lovely chatting with you.
1: Great. Thanks a lot, Shivangi, for having me. And thanks again for doing this, what you're doing.
0: So this brings us to the end of our episode today. Stay tuned in and see you next week.